Before listening to this podcast, we recommend you listen to Maddie, a 10-part podcast made by us in 2019. Not only will it give you a much deeper understanding of the Madeleine McCann case, it will help make sense of everything we cover in They've Taken Her. Our evidence is so strong that we can say there was a murder of Madeleine McCann. One of the unusual things about living down here in Australia or New Zealand is waking up to huge news stories. News happens which rocks the world while we've been fast asleep, oblivious. It happens a lot. I remember waking up to the 9-11 terror attacks, the radio on my bedside alarm clock coming to life in the darkness, with news reports about some kind of catastrophic attack. The huge hole right now. Um, it almost looked like the plane probably went through. I'm not sure. Winston, can you see, are you on the north side there where the, the plane made uh, contact? Yes, I am. Now, when you say a huge hole, uh, one of our earlier oh. witnesses, Libby Clark, said not much of the plane came down off the building. Much no, of it went totally right in. into the building. It's in the building that, from what you can see. Right. And there's more oh, explosions there's, oh, right now. Hold on, people are running. Winston, hold on. on just a moment. We've got an explosion inside. The building's that, exploding right now. you got people running up the street. Okay. I'll tell you what's going on. Okay, just uh, put put Winston on pause there for just a moment. Okay, while the he... whole building just exploded some more. The whole top part. Okay. The building's still intact. People are running up the streets. I remember jumping out of bed, rushing to the lounge, and turning on CNN. There was the World Trade Center. For now, both towers still standing. Thick, toxic smoke billowing from the upper floors. The Northern Hemisphere is home to about 90% of the world's population. So while we sleep down here, the world, well, it kind of just happens. It was a little like this on the morning of June 4. When I woke up, there were a bunch of WhatsApp and Twitter messages on my phone. They were from people in the UK and Europe. The messages were all flagging up a big development in the Madeleine McCann case. A German prisoner has been identified as a new suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann from a holiday resort in Portugal 13 years ago. After 13 years of investigations by British and Portuguese police, the man now in custody is said to have been living in Praia de Luz when Madeleine disappeared. Phone records place him close by an hour before she went missing and it's now been revealed he has previous convictions for sexually assaulting young girls and breaking into holiday homes and hotels. 43-year-old Christian Bruckner is currently incarcerated in his home country on unrelated crimes. As I made sense of all of this, it wasn't long before my mind jumped back to April 2019, 14 months earlier, to an interview I'd done for the Maddie podcast. Gonzalo, I have been hoping to speak to you for a long time, so I'm glad you're here today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The interview was with Gonzalo Amaral, the former Portuguese detective who led the original Madeleine investigation. At a certain point in the interview, Gonzalo said something which left me stunned. He claimed Operation Grange, the unit set up by London Metropolitan Police, were in the process of trying to wrap up the investigation. He said they'd do this by targeting a German pedophile. So when the Christian B news broke, in the morning I sent out a tweet about my interview with Amaral. I wrote how Amaral seemed to have foreshadowed the Christian B development with an unnerving degree of accuracy and detail. 
About two hours passed, and then I started to get calls from media outlets in Australia and New Zealand. A German man has been identified as a prime suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. I'm joined now by Mark Salnokonoka from Nine.com.au. He's also the host of the podcast, Maddie. I'm joined now by Mark Salnokonoka, who works for Nine.com.au. Joining us now is Australian journalist Mark Salnokonoka, who is the creator of the award-nominated number one podcast, uh, podcast on the McCann case. Mark Salnokonoka from Nine News in Australia is on the line, and with us, he's just launched a new podcast about this case called Maddie. Mark, hello. Hi, Heather. Are you convinced of the case? So I guess immediately what my mind went to, Heather, was that um, I interviewed Gonzalo Amaral and uh, he was the lead detective on the case um, back in 2007. And I interviewed him last year in April 2019, so that's 14 months ago. Now, what he told me in that conversation, which lasted about an hour, um, he said, I was asking him about why British police seemed disinterested in DNA evidence that um, the podcast was looking at and why it wasn't being deciphered using modern technology and he told me um this is what he said he said the british police were interested in wrapping up the case and that they would use a german pedophile who was in prison right now and that that would be the way that the case would be closed so he said these things um 14 months ago he spoke about a vehicle that had been taken to germany that had been forensically tested it was really unusual to hear what gonzalo amaral was saying 14 months ago suddenly happen overnight. Mark, so he was saying 14 months ago that the British police were concocting a plot as long ago as that to blame it on somebody and make a scapegoat. That's exactly what he said. And I was staggered when he told me, but he broke it down bit by bit and and there it was today, down to the vehicle, down to the fact it was a convicted German pedophile currently in prison. Um, You know, people are... People will look at that for what it is. You know, is there a, is there a, is there a wider conspiracy, or is this the, is this guy the guy who took Madeline and maybe killed her that night? So, who is Christian Bruckner, and could he have abducted and murdered Madeline McCann? Christian Bruckner is evil. Of that, there appears to be little doubt. He's been convicted of raping a 72-year-old woman and sex crimes against children. A police raid on his property in Germany in 2016, unearthed hard drives and flash drives allegedly containing 8,000 digital files, many of those files sickening child abuse material. His criminal past includes a history of robbery and breaking and entering. When police searched one of his camper vans, they allegedly found swimming costumes of unknown preteen young girls. There were accusations he exposed himself to young kids at a playground in Portugal. He was a drug trafficker and a drifter. In the years after Madeleine McCann's disappearance, Christian B. is said to have moved several times between Germany and Portugal. In 2015, he owned this rundown property in the east of Germany. It's emerged today that he's previously been investigated there over the disappearance of this five-year-old German girl named Inga, who went missing from a family party. That investigation has now been reopened. In many ways, Christian B. fits the theory that Madeline was abducted, that somehow a pedophile broke into the McCann's holiday apartment on the night of May 3 and stole Madeline from her bed. To have the German police the London Metropolitan Police and the Portuguese Police, the Policia Judiciaria, all in unison, 
saying Christiane B. was a person of real interest, is a significant development. Police also released details about their new suspect, granular detail. There were photographs of two vehicles, a white and yellow VW camper van, and a 1993 Jaguar car. They released two telephone numbers and flagged up a phone call Christiane B. allegedly made on the night Maddie vanished. At the time Maddie disappeared, Christiane B. was living in a small cottage, just over a mile away from the Ocean Club Resort. In recent weeks, Gonzalo Amaral has described Christiane B. as an almost perfect suspect. Amaral said Bruckner would be perfect if he was dead. After the Maddie podcast finished in June last year, I'd tried to let go of a case which had kind of obsessed me for almost three years. But the Brooklyn news, it dragged me back in. It was impossible to avoid the blizzard of news stories. But even more than that, in all those stories and news reports, there were details which nagged at me. There were some things that just didn't seem to sit straight. Dreijährigen britischen Mädchens Madeline Beth McKenn am 3. Mai 2007 aus einer Apartmentanlage in Praia da Luz in Portugal. Hans Christian Wolters is the German prosecutor who declared Bruckner a prime suspect. As the stories rolled in about Christian B, some really strong comments and quotes were attributed to Wolters. I'd wondered if some of his comments were being misinterpreted, so I contacted Hans Christian Wolters requesting an interview. He agreed, and I was pleasantly surprised. He made no demands to see or vet any questions. Hello, good morning. So, uh, Mr. Volters, I have some questions, and like I said, I'll ask in English, and then if you need to go into German, then will be there to translate for me. So if you feel that the answer requires the accuracy or complexity of German, then by all means, switch into German. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay for me. Great, okay. So, Mr. Volters, I guess I'll start off with saying, um, with asking, when you first made the announcement about Christian B, you raised him as a suspect, and, and I guess I'd like to know, what information from the public are you specifically looking for assistance with by speaking about him? What information are you hoping is forthcoming? I can only say that there are hundreds of uh, hints we get, uh, we got, um, but uh, I'm not able to say whether they are important or not so important. That needs, I think, some weeks or months. I'm, I, I cannot say that exactly. So are you currently working with UK police or Portuguese police in your investigation? Yes, there's a contact between the German police, the Bundeskriminalamt, and the British Metropolitan Police and the Portuguese Policia Judiciaria. And I think that we got all the information we need from the British and the Portuguese police. But I'm not able to say whether the British and the Portuguese police have the same evidence we have at the moment. Okay. Do you know with 100% certainty that Christian B. was in prior deluge on the night that Madeline vanished? Is that certain? Cannot say this in percent. We have some evidence that he killed Madeleine McCann, but I'm not able to say on which day exactly. So because of the fact that his mobile phone was 
in the area where Madeleine McCann lives and was kidnapped, we think that he was in the Ocean Club on the 3rd of May in 2007. Okay. So the two phone numbers that you announced when you made your first declaration about Christian B., do one of those phone numbers belong to him? Is that is that what you're yes, saying? We, we think that one of these numbers belonged to uh, our suspect in May 2007, but we don't know the user of the other mobile. So if we will get the other user, he could tell us the content of the phone call, and then we could be sure that the phone, we think it belongs to our suspect, belongs indeed to our suspect. Okay. Is it certain that one of those phone numbers belongs to your suspect, Christian B? Because of our uh, evidence, one number, the one, the, the, the number we tell the public in the TV show belongs to Mr. Bruckner. Okay. We have evidence of this. One day before this interview, Australian TV show 60 Minutes ran a report which claimed Bruckner's phone had pinged a cell phone tower belonging to the Ocean Club Resort, the resort where Madeline went missing from. That cell phone ping, 60 Minutes said, put Bruckner in close proximity to the McCann's apartment on the night Madeline went missing. We know that the phone number which was used by our suspect uh, on the 3rd of May 2007 was connecting in the mess belongs to the Ocean Club in uh, Praia da Luz. So what you're saying to me is that you can place Christian Bruckner at the scene. Yes, we think so. That explosive angle placing Bruckner at the scene was heavily reported and repeated by British tabloids and media worldwide in the days that followed. But could that be correct? A cell phone security and surveillance expert I've spoken with told me that the Ocean Club Resort never owned a cell phone tower in 2007. In the Portuguese police files, there are no cell phone towers that are owned or belong to the Ocean Club Resort. Only cell phone masts around the town, which are owned by the Portuguese telecommunications companies. I wanted Volta's to clarify this. Okay, um... With the phone mast and the ping off the cell phone tower, Mr. Volters, is it possible that Christian B or your suspect was at his house and it pinged the phone mast? I mean, how 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 big is the radius where that cell phone mast would cover? I'm, I'm not able to answer this. I don't know the range of the telephones, but we think at the moment that he was in the cell and the cell belongs to the Ocean Club and not to his home. I see. That cell phone tower would cover a certain radius around it that would then ping if a phone was in that radius, though. Is that is that correct? I don't know. Can you re- repeat it? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? This Maybe you could... Uh... Can you repeat the question? Sure. Yeah, I have the question so verstanden. Can you repeat the question, Mike? Sure. The cell phone tower in question, it is possible that it covers a radius of distance and the ping of the cell phone to that tower 
could come from anywhere inside that radius. Okay. Ob der, ob der Mast ähm, von dem, ob der, der Telefonmast das Handy in einem so breiten Radius ähm, Das kann ich erkennt, nicht sagen. Das, das kann das, ich nicht das, sagen, das, das weil ich nicht weiß, wie groß diese Telefonzelle äh, Okay. Uh, Mark, Mr. Bottles does not know how far-reaching the radius of the phone mast is. So he presumes that the suspect was in the ocean coast. He is presuming that, but he does not know for certain how wide the radius of the phone mast actually is. After the call, we translated Mr. Volta's answer word for word. Here's what he said. I can't answer that. I can't answer that. Because I don't know how wide this phone cell, how accurate this radio cell is, how wide it is, and what area it covers exactly. All I can say at the moment is that we assume that this telephone actually was in the Ocean Club area. But how large this cell actually is, and what it encloses or covers, that I'm not able to say. I pressed for more information. Okay, thank you. Mr. Volters, can you say where the cell phone mast is located, the, the actual cell phone mast? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. The German police have described it as a homicide investigation and the Metropolitan Police say it as a missing person investigation. Based mm. on your knowledge of the evidence and the information that you have, Mr. Volters, which one is correct and how long has it been confirmed? Um, because of our evidence, we have to say that Madeline is dead and she was murdered by our suspect. And I don't know why the British police investigate in a missing case. Maybe there are differences between Germany and uh, Great Britain in the form of the investigation. Um, in, in Germany, the prosecutor only can investigate if there's a crime. So our evidence is so strong that we can say there was a murder of Madeleine McCann, and so we have a murder investigation. But I don't know the reason why the British police investigate in a, in a kidnapping case or in a missing case. I'm not able to explain this because I don't know the British system of investigation. You understand? Sure. Okay. And how long has it been... To your knowledge, has it been confirmed that Madeleine McCann is, is dead, has been murdered? How long have you had that information? I cannot say this exactly. In the last two years, we collected many pieces of evidence and we collect many information about the case. And in the last weeks, it was so much that we were sure that she was killed and we were sure that our suspect, Christian B, is a murderer. But I'm not able to tell you all our evidence we have at the moment. There's more, not only the phone cell, there is more evidence, but I'm not able, I'm not allowed to speak about this at the moment. Okay. But, but there's no forensic evidence. That's a fact. We have no body of Madeline and no part of the body, uh, no forensic evidence. The concrete evidence that uh, that your office concrete, is, yes. yes, the concrete, concrete and, uh, the evidence is so strong that we speak about this, but not strong enough to charge him or to get an arrest warrant against him. 
but it's more than only a hint or only a word or only a witness who which calls his name or, or something in the, this way. We have we have more, but not enough. Okay. Have you shared that concrete evidence with the Metropolitan Police in the United Kingdom? I don't know this. After the call, I wrote an email to Volters, as I really wanted to clarify this. Could he really not know of the concrete evidence which his team had uncovered, and which he was so certain about, had not been shared with Met Police? His reply stated, I don't know what information the British police have. So I asked the Met Police about this, and this is the written response I got back from a spokesperson. All we can say is that from the Met's perspective, we do not have definitive evidence whether Madeline is alive or dead. The Met's investigation is a missing persons inquiry. Any questions about evidence that the German police have referenced should be put to them. Clearly, who had seen the concrete evidence was a circular topic which was going nowhere. Okay. Do you believe the suspect acted alone? I'm not able to comment on this at the moment. Okay. Again, again, at the concrete evidence, Mr. Volters, is the concrete evidence that Madeline is dead or is it the concrete evidence that Christiane B is responsible for the murder of Madeline Both. McCann? Both. Both. It's combined. Okay. So it's the same. Okay. If you charge Christiane B, Mr. Volters, how will he get a fair trial? There's been so much reporting, so much media speculation since you spoke in the first week of June. How will he get a fair trial if you charge him? Mm, <laughs> it uh, will be heavy, but I think that our judges will decide in a fair way. But I know it, there's many things written in the newspapers, especially in the British newspapers. Uh, something is wrong, something is right. So it would be difficult for our judges. But uh, I think they... We'll do it in a fair way. Just on the charges, Mr. Volters, why have you not charged him yet? Everything seems so strong, so certain, so much speculation in the media, reporting on comments that are coming out from your office. Why why haven't you charged him yet? Um, in Germany, uh, it's only possible to charge someone uh, when you are sure that he will sentence. And at the moment, our evidence is strong, but not so strong that we are sure that he will sentenced by the court. And, and what's his legal status at the moment? I understand he's applying for parole or there's some sort of legal action occurring in the background. What, what's, what's happening there? The problem is that there are three different cases. One case of raping an older American woman in this case, there is an uh, arrest warrant for him, so he will stay in prison until the verdict is legally binding. And uh, then there's another case in which he's in prison at the moment. Uh, there's a possibility that uh, he will be released in the next days, but I think it's only a theoretic possibility. I don't think that the judges will uh, release him. And then there's a third case. It's our murder case. There's no arrest warrant. So if he 
will be released in both other cases. He can go wherever he wants to go. Okay. Because our evidence is not strong enough to uh, get an arrest warrant for the Madeleine McCann murder. What would help you? What is the missing piece of evidence that you need in order to deliver that arrest warrant? I'm not able to say this exactly. Maybe we need only one uh, witness which can told us the things we don't know at the moment. Maybe we need more witnesses or we need some photos or video. I'm, I'm not able to say what we are looking for exactly, but we okay. need more. Okay. That's the only oh. thing I can say. Okay. I was wondering if you saw the the British uh, search um, of the Holiday Apartment 5A and the two dogs, two specialist dogs who alerted in, inside the apartment. Have you seen footage of those dogs and have you seen um, the reports on those dogs in the in the Portuguese police files? I'm I'm not allowed to speak about details of uh, the investigation. Okay. So I cannot comment on this. The, just so, just so you know where I'm coming from, the, the dogs, uh, alerted that, uh, that there was maybe a death inside the apartment. Would that, would, would a death inside the apartment fit with your evidence of, of your suspect? I'm, I don't know the details and I'm not allowed to speak about the investigation results in the past and, uh, not about the concrete investigation um, in the future. Okay. Final, final question, Mr. Walters. Um, there was a sighting of a man carrying a child on May 3, 10 o'clock that night, um, mm -hmm. and you, you say you're looking for witnesses. He was walking towards the beach uh, carrying a child who looked a lot like Madeline. It was an Irish family that saw him. Have you I spoken to that? Yeah, I, I know the picture, but um, and I think that um, we have um, everything from this witness, but I'm not allowed to speak about the details. Sure. Have you interviewed the Smith family in Ireland about the sighting? I don't know if uh, we interviewed. Uh, the family or if the British police interviewed the family or the Portuguese uh, police, I don't know. If if one of those uh, polices um, uh, interviewed the family, I'm sure that uh, we have the result of this interview. He says, uh, I'm only going by a press report here, Mr. Volters, but Martin Smith said the man he saw that night was not Christian B. I'm not able to comment on this. Okay. So what will happen now, uh, Mr. Volters? Where, where does the investigation go now? When may we see some charges being brought here? I think that uh, we need some weeks or months, and uh, I'm hopeful that we will find the missing evidence we need to charge them, but I'm not able to say if we are successful, I'm not sure of this, but I'm hopeful. And I guess everyone, uh, it's such a massive case and it's so much interest in it. And 
I guess the frustration for many people is they hear you talk about the concrete evidence. When would you be able to tell people what that is? At what point in the investigation after he is charged, would that become possible to speak about it then? Or when would we yes, learn? I think, when, we I think when, uh, when we will charge him, we can speak about the details and about the evidence we have, but uh, not before, I think. Look, I, I appreciate you taking the questions tonight. I'm very grateful for that. Just one more thing. What's the situation with him in prison? Is he segregated? Is he on his own? Is he in the general population of the prison? I think he's uh, alone. He's alone and he has no contact to other prisoners. So I think the, he um, is protected by the authorities. I see. And and what about, is he on a suicide watch? Uh, is, is is that being looked after? I, I don't know the details. I don't know the details. Okay. Okay. Um, look, Mr. Voltus, thank you so much for your time today. I, I very much appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. So after this call, I met up with Dan McHugh, producer of the Maddie podcast. We talked about Bruckner trying to make sense of all of this. And we also talked about strands of the Madeline case that we just couldn't fit into Maddie first time around. And since Maddie, there have been people who have got in contact with us with new and important information about the case. We decided there was more digging to be done, that there's more sides to this story that need investigating. And so here we are with a new podcast, They've Taken Her. We wanted to get the Bruckner interview out the door and into the public domain as soon as possible. But the new episodes will take a little while in coming. There's a lot of work to be done. To make sure you know when those episodes start dropping, hit subscribe now on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you give us a five-star rating, it really helps others find this podcast, and your support means a lot. Finally, if you have information about the McCann case you want to share, or you just want to contact us, Email they've taken her at protonmail.com. I'm Mark Saunokonoko, host and reporter of They've Taken Her. Dan McHugh is our producer, and Dan is also our sound design maestro. Thank you to our translator. She knows who she is. This is a production of Mountain Hut Studios. Thank you also to Forbes Street Studios in Sydney, Australia. We used archive material from CNN, Channel 9 Australia, BBC, One News, Channel 4 News, and News Talk ZB. Thank you to all those organizations, and thank you for listening.